Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real, and mostly unedited. This show is for ages 14 and up, because sometimes you just need to use a swear. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So today on Tone Deaf, we're going old school. How old school? Like, this show premiered in 1879 old school. So old, 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 old school. Old, 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 old school. So great, 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 great grandfather old school. Yeah, we're we're going pretty old with this one. Um, the, this show isn't technically a musical. It's actually an opera. Do tell. So, um, musicals were kind of a new thing at this time. We had, uh, The Black Crook and... (laughs) Not what you think. (laughs) Yes, it's Civil War, but not that racist. I don't think, actually. That's one of those shows that I've heard of, but then I've never actually seen it. So you don't know. So I don't know. You don't know just how racist it is. <sighs> Please somebody prove to me that it's not, because I really don't want to have to have us eventually watch a super racist show. Um, but, uh, so we we have that, we have uh, the Black Domino at the time, and those were kind of your first musical comedies, in quotes, because it was still kind of a new genre. It was a little experimental. And then we have Gilbert and Sullivan coming in, and they do their operettas that are comedic, and they start doing things that opera didn't really do. So... Just most like singing and... I'm not singing, but dancing and stuff like that? Yeah, because most operas would focus on just the singing, and if you had any dancing or acting... It would be done by somebody else. And, like, you'd have ballet dancers coming in to dance for the opera instead of it being um, done by the singers. And so with musical theater, you're getting people who can sing and act or sing and dance or sing, act, and dance. Um, triple threat. Triple threats, yeah. Which you wouldn't, like, that's not part of the course for every musical there are some shows that do have like a dancing chorus and then a singing chorus and stuff but generally everyone is meant to act in the show gotcha and so that's what you're gonna get with these gilbert and sullivan musicals is well gilbert and sullivan operas is that they do trend more towards being a musical even though they're an opera so they, would they be operacles or mopras? Um, hmm. You know, I think we should probably... Hmm. Mopra it is. <laughs> so... Executive decision. So when we do our uh, next... Or our future Weber week, we'll do Phantom of the Mopra. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
So does that mean they have the the long like? We'll get into the way that things are done in this show because okay. it's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, there are some hallmarks. So this is going to be your first Gilbert and Sullivan show. It's yes. called it is called the Pirates of Penzance or the Slave of Duty. The Slave of Duty. Yes, that'll make sense once we get into this. <laughs> Sounds like a shit job. God, get it, <laughs> duty. Oh, Lord. So, what all do you know about Pirates of Penzance? I am the very model of a major general. (laughs) That's that's, that's it. That's that's literally all I know. So, this will be another one of those shows where you're going to go, I know that song. (laughs) And I know that song. I get that reference. I got, oh, God. Yeah, you're going to be Captain American-ing all this. (laughs) All over this. That didn't. I understood that reference. <laughs> so, um, and like, I mean, this show has definitely got um, a lot of show, a lot of songs that have been parodied, um, especially the Modern Major General song, which also was parodied, parodied by Animaniacs, I believe, uh, Tom Lehrer, Mass Effect of all places. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you laughed when I told you about that. Yeah. I, uh, so this show is one of the most performed of Gilbert and Sullivan's shows. Um, And like I said, this is an opera, not a musical, but close enough. Um, It was their fifth collaboration uh, between Arthur Sullivan and W.S. Gilbert. It premiered in New York in 1879. um, And there's a fun story with this. (laughs) We're not going to get into it completely because... um, a lot of it ties into another Gilbert and Sullivan show called HMS Pinafore, which was their fourth show. Um, and while they were British, this show is their only one to have its official premiere in the U.S. I love how you said that, while they were British. Like, it almost well, sounds, no, it made it almost sound like... Well, they, they were British at one point, then they transitioned into something. While they were British, they did this. No, no. Um, no, well, I, I got you. Though. I was just being because, <laughs> So most of the time their shows were premiering in England first. And they did have a British copyright show before they did their official premiere in uh, New York. And that was because of what happened with the copyright law with HMS Pinafore. So that show was insanely popular. Like, everyone loved that show. Loved HMS Pinafore. Was it also an opera? Yes. Okay. Um, All of their shows are operas. Okay. Um, But the way that they're done puts them almost into musical theater. Um, And let's just say that American copyright law at the time did not respect foreign copyright laws. No, it doesn't. So, like... Even more so, though, to the point where um, HMS Pinafore's official opening in the U.S. didn't do well because it had already been performed multiple times by other groups illegally. (laughs) Because they're like, oh, well, your laws don't apply here. Snap. So they basically just ripped off the the show and performed it here. Yeah. Wow. And... um, they they loved the show. They loved HMS Pinafore, but they didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> so so uh, is HMS H, yeah. HMS Pinafore? Is that 
Please tell me that's also about pirates. No. Man, because but, I had a well, great joke about how they, they pirated the musical and performed it illegally. We're going to get to that a little bit, too, because <laughs> there was a little bit of that with this one, too. Uh-huh. Um, I'm so prophetic. <laughs> so they they were basically going, okay, we've got to do something to make sure that this show doesn't go through the same thing. So they uh, premiered it in New York at the Fifth Avenue Theater on Broadway. And it worked for the first production of this show and for the touring company. And then it didn't work. <laughs> so, like, like it was received well initially and then oh, not no, it received was, well? It was received so well that once again, Americans went, well, we're going to mount our own productions and screw ah. your copyright. Ah. We're not going to pay you jack. Ah. So, yeah, it worked-ish. Um, and the way that this show was written, so... Sullivan was writing the music in reverse. Like, he wrote... What? So he... Not, like, reverse, reverse, like, writing satanically or anything. Like, did but he write he, the, the songs from, like, end to beginning? Yes. He wrote Act Two first and then sketched out. So basically did, like, okay, this is kind of what I want to do here for this part and then this part. Uh, the first act before going to New York to work on Pinafore. Um... And like I said, once we do the Pinafore episode, we'll talk about how much they got screwed. Um, but he got to New York and went, crap, I left the sketches back in England. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he had the entire journey across the Atlantic before he realized, wow. And so he, he had to do all of act one of pirates of penzance from memory oh. to compose it wow <laughs> dude this is where dummy checks pay in pay and, off and even even more uh the overture as is customary for these two was written to the last minute seriously and what they did sullivan sort of sketched it out, went, okay, this is kind of what I want it to sound like, and then handed it over to their musical director, Alfred Sellier, to finish it. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this show's in two acts, and it has pretty much all of the hallmarks that would make you hear this, hear something, and go, oh, this is Gilbert and Sullivan. Um, they parodied Verdi heavily in this opera. Verdi? Uh, Verdi is a uh, operettist uh, composer. Oh, okay. Uh, so famous famous musical person. Yeah, famous musical person. Um, and they parody him a lot, as well as Schubert at one point. Um, and then they also have a patter song, and that would be the modern major general song. And seeing your face... Let's me know that you don't know what a patter song is. No. I will teach you. So a patter song is a song that's moderately fast, a fast tempo, and it has sort of a one-to-one -one ratio of syllables to notes. So it's just, okay. I am the very model of a modern major general. That's oh, the way you did that with your fingers, that makes sense. Yes. Um, I was going kind of note with syllable. Um, and... Uh, they're often tongue-twisty, and they're comedic. Uh, they're basically like, the comedic character will be doing this song. 
We'll be singing the um, the the patter song. Patter song. Um, they also have a lot of good moments of counterpoint, which is where like a chorus will be singing one thing at one melody and tempo, and another actor actors will sing it at a disparate melody and tempo. Um, there's there's a lot of things that we've seen that use counterpoint. Uh, Les Miserables with their One Day More song uses counterpoint. Um, the Tower of pa- Tower of Babel at the beginning of Godspell has counterpoint kind of when everyone's sort of singing over each other. In this though, theirs is more of a uh, more of your basic form of counterpoint where one group singing one thing, one singing the other. I have a stupid question. Yes, is row 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 your boat counterpoint? That is a round. Oh, okay. Little different. Okay, but good. But yeah, still good. <laughs> it's good, good instincts. You need to be like, good question. Like, just just happen to your teacher. <laughs> good, good question. <laughs> oh man. Good question, Warren. You get a gold star. Yay! Pink. I I put a gold star in his nose. Yay! <laughs> so teacher likes me. <laughs> so this show has been revived. So. So many times. I'd imagine if it was done in the 1800s. In New York alone, there have been 40 revivals since 1880. Whoa. Yeah. I was not expecting that many. Yes. And um, one of the most notable ones was when Joseph Papp produced the revival that pretty much everyone imitates. And, uh, like, tries to do. Yes. I, do you really want me to make the joke? Maybe not. Okay. Maybe off mic. Okay. <laughs> so, this version that we're gonna, the version that we're watching is the, um, the film version of the 1980 production that Pap did, um, that's, is also going to be starring Kevin Klein as the Pirate King. I, okay, I, uh, oh, okay, yes, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, which, which show? Which movie? Waterworld? No. Oh. It's, it's got John Cleese in it, too. Fish Called Wanda? Yes. That was a terrible charades that I did, I'm so sorry. It's Okay. <laughs> My, me being able to put actors' names to faces is about as good as me being able to put songs to bands. <laughs> um, so, this version that we're watching leans heavily into being a musical type, musical comedy, rather than a comedic opera. A musical comedy versus a comedic opera. Yeah. Those sound like synonyms to me. So, a comedic opera, once again, would just be focusing on the singing rather than the acting and the dancing. So it'd be funny this, songs versus... Like, they, you'd still have your characters and stuff, but um, they kind of... And with Pirates in general, Pirates of Penzance, and the other shows of, uh, of Gilbert and Sullivan, they do f- emphasize acting, but this takes it to the point where it's no longer just opera. It is now... A musical, like it's fully fledged. Pardon, we're doing, uh, like, th- there's more swashbuckling pirates with it, and it's more, 
they lean into those roles a little bit more than in a standard opera. Okay. Someday we'll go see an opera and then you can kind of see the difference between the two. <laughs> I was going to say, someday we'll go see an opera and I'll still have no idea what's going on. I don't know. When I saw Faust live, I was like, oh, ho, ho, that's the difference. <laughs> um, but I love how you have faith in me that one day I'll, <laughs> I'll be cultured. You're, you're fine. It's okay. It's fine. This is, this is fun. This is exciting. <laughs> I get to show you a new thing. Yeah. Um, so revivals after this revival haven't been as widely enjoyed. You're talking after the 1980s. After the 1980, because they have revived it again since. And thanks to the friggin' Pirates franchise. Of, you know, Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean, Disney. Yeah, they try to kind of add in some of those types of piratey elements rather than what... Sticking with what was yeah. working before. Yeah, because... That sounds like they're just kind of trying to capitalize on pop culture yes. to make it more yes, it is. culturally it relevant. Grumpy. Not culturally relevant, but... Yeah, pop culture. Yeah, okay. Culturally it, it makes me grumpy because I like the Pirates of Pirates of Penzance a little bit better than the whole, let's make them all Jack Sparrow. Yeah. But yeah, that's fair. that can be another rant for another day. Um, I also do have a fun story with this. So my mom and I had seen this show, I want to say I was like eight when we saw it live. And... I really enjoyed it, and but didn't think too much of Pirates of Penzance until one day when we went to a friend's confirmation, a Catholic confirmation. And with the Catholic confirmations, you have the Cardinal show up and all of this. And this one had the Knights of Columbus show up. And I'm going to show you a picture, and then I'm sure you can tell the joke that my mom said. <laughs> they're, real, they're really called the Knights of Columbus? Yes. And they look... Like they look the, like pirates. Yeah. They look like flamboyant pirates. <laughs> I mean, not to, not to use this term, like, uh, uh, offensively, but they look like gay pirates. They... So, that is pretty much like what the hats and everything of a lot of these... Like generals and stuff you're gonna see in. I know they have the feather, but were they yeah. like colored like that? Yeah, they're pretty bright and colorful. Well, then again, of course, this is we're it's talking, musical theater. Well, but... Plus, we're also talking about the period where men were peacocking and and mm. dressing in bright colors and stuff, which men should go back to doing. I don't. Like, I, don't I, I don't. I don't. You you know me. I don't wear dark. I don't wear bright colors. It's all dark, like my soul. But like you wouldn't judge a man for wearing pink, whereas how do you know I haven't? I'm just kidding. I'm, it's but fine. Like, <laughs> I'm just being. A, I'm just being a snarky jerk. But like, but like, stupid Bo Brummel. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, my mom uh, called the Knights of Columbus, the Pirates of Penzance, <laughs> while they're processing down. Leans over and tells me that, and I'm just holding it in. You're trying not to laugh in church because yes. that's very much frowned upon. Yes. So that's that's a little bit of a of a backstory to to <laughs> K and. Mama K. <laughs> Man. So I gotta ask, though, after your mom did that, have you ever leaned over to her and said something funny to try and make her laugh in church? No. We should. We should. It's time for some revenge. Maybe we should do that game from that one comedian. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... That would, that would, yeah. 
yeah, but that would require my mom going to church as well, so. Oh, that's fair. The only times I've been in church lately is to play drums, so I won't be able to lean <laughs> the over only, to. The only times I've been in church lately have been to watch you play drums. Yeah, so that would, it, it, we wouldn't be able to really fulfill that. We need to find another another moment to make my mom laugh. There we go. In church. There we go. <laughs> All right. So uh, what we're going to do, we're going to go and watch Pirates of Penzance. We'll take a brief intermission and um, then we'll see what you think about it. She has Hopefully. a, just so you know, Kay has this wicked devilish grin on her face as she turned to me and said, we'll see what you think about it. Oh, I'm, I'm excited, but also a little nervous. A little nervous. Because <laughs> hmm. there's some misogyny. Well. And we just got done with another misogynistic character. I'm sure I'll have some things to say, but I won't let it ruin it for me. Because I did like My Fair Lady. I did like yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, your reaction to this will kind of gauge how we'll need to introduce you to future Gilbert and Sullivan shows. Yeah. Hmm. Let's go to the lobby. Let's go to the <laughs> lobby. Let's go to the lobby. It's intermission time. Intermission time. All right. We'll be back. All right, Warren, it's time for the best part of every intermission. Getting snacks that we can't bring back into the theater? Even better. Now that the lights are back up, we can look into the playbill. This week, we have some exciting news with our Patreon sponsors. Our alpha sponsor, Jasmine Wu, is now joined by Bianucci. We have two sponsors, Kay. Sweet. This is super exciting. I can't believe that we have two sponsors already on our show. And thank you guys so much for contributing to our show. We greatly, greatly, truly, truly appreciate it. And we can't thank you enough. Thank you truly from the bottom of our hearts. Seriously, guys, thank you so much. And here's a message from one of our favorite podcasts called History on Blast. Hello, and welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up, so let's hop into the second act of the show. So what'd you think? 
It's time for my review. The show has imagination, which may be its salvation. Come, friends, enjoy our show. I've got lots of jokes. Please don't have a stroke, because here comes my review. <laughs> so, The Pirates of Penzance uh, was interesting. Mm -hmm. I very much can see what you're talking about with it being an opera musical hybrid, mm -hmm. stronger than both, weaknesses of none kind of thing, you know, <laughs> a new breed, uh, whatever. But uh, it's, um, this show was freaking daffy. Like, I, I, I honestly feel like either Looney Tunes got inspiration from this or this got inspiration from Looney Tunes. Considering when the two were, cause I I think Looney Two. Well, hmm, hmm. Because yeah, like there were there was some like so so the version we watched the nineteen eighty version. Mm -hmm. Was it performed more or less the same way originally? Like, with the same kind of songs, or has it been changed a whole lot significantly? The songs are pretty much the same. Because, wow, that would have been... Choreography would be different. But, or, but this, like, uh... That... I don't know how the performers performed some of those songs. <laughs> like, they, they're tongue twisters, especially yes. when they're going incredibly fast. Mm -hmm. But, anyway... It, it was entertaining. It was mm -hmm. it was cute. It was silly. It had uh, a lot of funny moments. So I mean, it, it gets a gets a thumbs up from me. Awesome. It gets a thumbs up for me. Um, and with my and we're gonna launch into my uh, horrible half haphazard review of the show because <laughs> it opens up with a thrilling view of closed curtains, which with uh, with what sounds like a musical mixture of Looney Tunes and Monty Python. <laughs> Because that opening music very much seemed like the love child of both. Mm -hmm. And as it zooms in on the curtain, the curtains open up and just kind of reveals the, the scenery to us. And, sh you know, shows the bay and the pirates of Panzance pops up. And then we go into this quiet little coastal uh, town or city, port, whatever it was. And the first thing I notice, of course, is that there's dogs in like this half circle. <laughs> And I don't understand why these dogs are evenly spaced in this half circle. And also, can I please pet them all? <laughs> uh, oh, the dogs were waiting for their owners to get out of church. Okay, if your animal is that well behaved, I think they can stay in the building. Remember, mm -hmm. God backwards is dog. Yes. So there, that's it. That's enough said. God <laughs> approves of dogs. Uh, and then everybody freaks out. Uh, because, oh no, pirates, close all the doors and put up clothes signs in your shops because pirates are known for their respect of laws and boundaries. <laughs> and uh, that was, it was exciting. Then we cut to being on the pirate ship and we mm -hmm. get to meet Frederick, who has been, it said he was indentured, like, but it, I mean, it doesn't sound like he was a slave. No. But he was, he was basically um, apprentice. Like he was apprentice, mm -hmm. but he was, how, I don't know what the word, indentures? Yeah, so he was apprenticed for basically from eight to twenty-one. He was theirs. Yeah. He was their 
he was their little cabin boy. Yeah. Make you do whatever that they want you to do. Yes. And you can't say no. And on his 21st birthday, you're free, Frederick. Here's your sword. Now you can be a pirate. He's like, but I don't want to be a pirate. I want to be a pilot. And then we get in the... (laughs) The song with Ruth, who was his nanny, I guess? Yeah, his nursemaid, which makes things a little awkward later in the musical. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I, was, I was like, what do nursemaids do to eight-year-olds? I was like... I, I have my they're, they're own... Just, they're just nannies, right? They take care yeah, of Yeah, they're kid. nannies. She so... would have known him as a literal baby. And then we find out that because of her poor hearing, she misunderstood when his father said pilot and she mm-hmm. heard pirate and goes and gets him indentured to a pirate for yeah. over a decade. And uh, I love his, Frederick has the great line where he's talking about, individually, I love you all, but collectively, I hate you very much. And I yes. just love this. I love you guys, but I hate you so much, I'm going to kill you all. Yeah. He's like, he's. I'm just going to leave the ship and then I'm going to make it my personal mission to destroy you. It mm-hmm. was just kind of like, you realize you're still on the ship and they could kill you if they mm-hmm. wanted to. But uh, I thought that was funny. And then he's telling them about how they're too soft, you know? Yeah. Like they, they don't, they don't do these other, these these normal pirate things. And he's, and they're like, you want us to be, what was it? Uh, uh, just to be ruthless? Yeah, we'll just be ruthless. And he's like, before noon? Yes. Afternoon? No. Yeah. Kind of thing. And he's like, uh, I want you to be hard pirates until I leave. Then I want you to be soft. <laughs> Frederick uh, leaves Ruth behind and mm-hmm. rows away in his dinghy while the pirate king sings about how great it is to be a pirate king. And then Ruth, is she a witch? Because she wasn't on the boat and now she's on the boat. You know. She freaking teleported. She was played by Angela Lansbury, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The bed knobs and broomstick stuff paid off for her. I mean, seriously, because he's in the boat, row- rowing away, and mm. then it shows them going up onto the beach, and yeah. she's there. Yeah. Just, how, how did that happen? And then uh, Frederick, with his, like, he's only ever known this woman, and... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think I might have missed why she thinks he should marry her. Like, ju- it's just... Big okay. shrug. Okay. Big shrug, cool. buddy. I'm glad it's a big <laughs> shrug and it's not just me missing something. That's that's one of those things that even as a kid I was like, um, right? excuse how, me. How creepy would it be from her? Like, oh, I've known you since you were a little boy, but now I want to be your wife. It'd yeah. Like... <laughs> like that that's one of those things where it's like Gilbert Sullivan, you all right, bud? Yeah. Did you uh, what's up? Did you have a thing for your what's, nursemaid? What's up with that? Why? Uh, there's probably some some creepy skeletons in uh. one of their closets. But uh, and I love Frederick asking her, basically saying, "Hey Ruth, are you a banging hottie? Because I'm young, dumb, and full of feelings. You know. <laughs> feelings." <laughs> uh, Frederick gets upset because he sees some young maidens who uh, who make his spyglass, you know, grow. With excitement. <laughs> he then proceeds to sing about Ruth lying to him. Uh, scroll down. Frederick is creepily staring at the singing girls. He gets to look. He gets a look at their ankles and almost had to change his pants from the, <laughs> you know, 1800s excitement. Am I right? Like, back when ankles were the most exciting thing to see. Frederick couldn't handle the hot ankle action anymore and had to make himself known to the ladies 
who they proceed to freak out because understandably they were like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they were going to be bathing in the water or what, but they seemed like they were starting to undress a bit. Yeah. And that's when he's like, oh, I'm, I'm here. I don't want to be a peeping Tom, even though I'm kind of a peeping Tom. Yeah. Which, you know, hey, good for him. Good for him. He doesn't want to, to, to be any more of a creeper than he already is being. But, you know, I got to cut the guy a break. He's incredibly sheltered. He's been living on a ship for yeah. a long time. He, he, he doesn't have those social skills with the ladies. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> I'm speaking as if I'm some suave individual. And then he sing begs, begs slash sings, one of the ladies to go with him. He'll even take the ugly one. Yeah, like... That, that, was, <coughs> that was probably one of my favorite sections. Not because I thought the song was particularly good, but because of the audacity... Of mm-hmm. that individual to be like, I I want to marry one of you. I don't care which one yeah. any one of you will do. And preferably someone who has given up hope that any man yes. will find them attractive. <laughs> I was just like, dude, you... He just needed a fedora to complete. <laughs> a fedora and a neck beard. Oh, man. Seriously. Oh my gosh, that's his pirate name. Neckbeard. <laughs> Neckbeard. There you go. Except he was clean shaven. Yeah, but... It's, it's, yeah, I know. It's he, joke. His, his neckbeard is on the inside. He has a, he has a neckbeard on his soul. <laughs> his entire personality is a neckbeard. <laughs> I'll take any of you. I'm not picky. Then the ladies tell him to F off, which I thought that part was great, and none of them are desperate enough to go with him. All except for little Bo Peep, <coughs> Mabel. Uh, she looked like little Bo Peep. Like, yeah, she, she Stereotypical did. little Bo Peep. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Fred keeps trying to mack on Mabel, but keeps getting uh, opera blocked. Yes. Um, which I thought, I don't know what was going on in the scene where she's like singing and there's like a flute in the background. We never find out who was, was playing just, the flute. It was just random, random. I mean, it's it's a musical comedy making fun of different tropes of okay operas and musicals of the time. Well, operas of the time. I cause... was expecting there to be some like suave other guy to come out and be like, "No, Mabel, I'm here to win your affections," and then Frederick was gonna have to peacock and strut and be like, "No, I'm the better choice." But instead, there was just. A ghost flute that was <laughs> harmonizing with Mabel. You know, maybe it was kind of like the whole Disney princess thing of, like, little birds singing, and Mabel is secretly a Disney princess. She's one talking animal companion she, away. She, she's too plain to be a Disney princess. Don't you remember the song? Oh, that's right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but then after, you know, uh, after Frederick getting opera blocked, we cut to a bunch of pirates in their dinghy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the pirates emerge from their dinghy and begin their their hunt for for booty loot. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the pirate version of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers <laughs> as they attempt to steal the women oh and literally pass them around. Oh my god! It is the pirate Seven Brides for Seven yeah. Brothers. Yeah, except it's uh, uh, Seven Brides for all the men. <laughs> like, oh my god! There's more than seven men, and. Uh, the Pirate King, he, I see him kiss, like, three of the girls, mm-hmm. so he's just like... Oh, he's the Pirate King. He's like, I'm gonna sample the merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and just before the looting of booty could be concluded, 
The modern major general shows up and sings about how smart he is, and I'm sure there is a mathematical equation to precisely quantify his particular flavor of daffiness. Uh, it's high. It's up there. That, that was probably my absolute favorite scene because of that. I am the very model of a major general. It's like that of a modern major general. Like that whole song was great. Uh, I can't even do it slow without getting my tongue tied. Mm -hmm. So uh, hats off, bravo, round of applause to to everybody in that. Uh, yeah, I I cannot even fathom how much practice it must have taken to do that without tripping over your own tongue. Yeah, it's hard. Like absolutely, especially when he asks him, "Can you do it faster?" Yeah, and he's just like, <laughs> but sounds like he's actually saying words and not just being. A goofy person but uh and then when he when the pirates are saying we want to take your daughters and we're gonna marry them and he's like oh i don't want pirates for son-in-laws well we don't want was it we don't want a major, major general, general for father-in-law and uh and then he pulls the orphan card mm -hmm. and says i'm an orphan and he's like do you have any idea what it's like to be an orphan often and then they do their whole orphan often thing. It was like the Pirates of Penzance version of Who's on First. <laughs> it really was. It was like, and they, that part was kind of funny, and uh, you know, kind of cut away from that. And then the pirates leave, and Frederick goes with his mm -hmm. his wife to be Mabel and her sisters and the father back to his castle. Yeah, because he has a castle. Because why wouldn't he have a castle? <laughs> but. Uh, and then we have the midnight sobs of a modern major general draw the sympathy flock of females. Apparently the modern major general is softer than an overripe tomato and sobs like a little baby in his family crypt over pretending to be an orphan in order to save his family from forced marriage. So I thought that was a bit of a mouthful of a note for me. Uh, <laughs> like him sobbing, he's like, I lied to a bunch of pirates about being an orphan in order to keep my daughters from being taken away. It's like, dude, chill. Jesus will forgive you. Calm down. Like, Jesus will forgive this one. I'm like, oh, you lied to criminals to prevent your daughters from being forcibly abducted. I think think you're going to get a pass on that one. Mm -hmm. But, uh, why... Why were the goofy boys in blue singing about tarantulas? <laughs> the most useless <laughs> wow the lines on your recording look like an earthquake on a uh, one of those things geological thingies that go back and forth and go hey there's an earthquake Jesus Christ. I can't remember what those are called seismograph seismograph thank you Kay but yeah why 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 are the uh why are the police in this obsessed with tarantulas and why are they so freaking it, weird? They're, they're not saying tarantula, but they're that's saying, okay. They're saying tarantula. Tarantula, tarantula. <laughs> so they're supposed to just be really cowardly and like they don't want to deal with the pirates. I mean... Remember when the pirates first showed up, oh, they all true. ran into the constabulatory. That's true. They pissed did. themselves and ran away. Yeah, so. Uh, but they show up and and sing about tarantulas, even though Kay says it's not 
tarantulas. <laughs> and then uh, after the daughters and everybody ushered the general back into his castle, uh, the pirate king and Ruth sneak into sneak onto the property and uh, to see their sweet baby Frederick and to give him the paradox about being a five-year-old a five-year-old, twenty-two-year-old, good old leap year babies, mm-hmm. um, and then they they invoke his uh, his sense of duty, and they say, "You're not really, yep, twenty-one. You're still five. You still, we own you." Mm-hmm. Which I, 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 I pity the kind of person whose honor does not allow them to detect bullshit. Because yeah. that, like, absolutely. Can you imagine, like, especially, like, later in it when he's like, Mabel, wait for me. Like, I'll come back to you when I'm truly 21. It's like, no, dude, you're going to be, like, 100. Well, and it makes it makes so much in this show. Just like, well, he shouldn't have been indentured to you anyway if he's five. Yeah, right? Yeah, seriously. You shouldn't have him. He, he would have he would have been like 1.2 years old when he came to them in the first place. You yeah. can't take an infant on to be a, an Unless apprentice. Unless it's Peter Pan. Yeah, we're not... Yeah. Yeah. We've done that weird-ass musical. We are shelving that. No more magical flying infants. At least in this show. But what's the matter with this unintelligible patter? Like, I thought that part was actually funny where they were... Yeah. That, like, I couldn't even recall that song right now. Well, and so, um, I'm trying to remember, because some of the songs from this version were actually borrowed from other Gilbert and Sullivan shows, and I think that's one of them. And then there's the reference to HMS, Pinaf- HMS Pinafore, later in the show, but I think that that song is actually from another one of Gilbert and Sullivan's shows. Oh, okay. Which, I guess, I guess yeah, for, that. Yeah, for sure. this, for the purposes of this show, sure. I'll let them do whatever. Sure, why not? <laughs> but, uh, after they invoke Frederick's sense of, of duty, mm-hmm. since he's a duty boy, uh, <sighs> God, he <laughs> divulges to them that the modern major general lied about being an orphan, mm-hmm. a person who has lost their parents, but not frequently, as it can only happen once. Anyway, uh, the pirate <laughs> king is disappointed. You'll get that reference if you've seen A Fish Called Wanda. <laughs> and decides to gather his merry band of misfits and strike at Tremalkin Castle for swift revenge. I can't remember what the name of the castle actually was, so I did my best. Tremalking is actually an island in the Wheel of Time series, because I'm a nerd. Do you remember the name of the castle? <laughs> then it's Tremalking. If nobody can say what the name of the castle actually is, it's Tremalking. So... <laughs> I'm gonna die. No, please don't. Because you do most of the work on this podcast. <laughs> so, after the pirates leave to go regroup for their swift revenge, um... Frederick goes and talks to Mabel and he says, I pro and makes her, uh, doesn't make her, but asks her if she'll wait for him. Yeah. Which, <laughs> no. So, so, so you know how much I hate the stupidity of Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of two people meeting, knowing each other for like a week and then killing each themselves because of how much they're in love. Yeah. This is dumber. 
Because they've known each other, like, a day. Yeah. Like, uh, two days at the most. Because it's sun up when they meet, and then it's night later. So it could very well be the same day. Yeah. And he's already like, will you wait for me? And she's like, yeah, sure. I'll promise to wait for you until you're too old to get it up. And Viagra won't be invented for another 70 to 80 years after that. (laughs) So... Yeah, you're both going to die of old age before he's going to be technically old enough to marry you, so... Ugh. Uh, it's a show. It's a show, Warren. Calm down. It's just a show. Anyway, after the the Romeo and Juliet of Penzance, <laughs> the Tarantula Brigade reappears <laughs> with their noodle appendages <laughs> to get into... <laughs> Uh, get to it and capture those pirates, you undaunted boys in blue. I've actually thought that the, um, choreography for them was pretty good, because mm-hmm. they, they had some noodly appendages. Yes. They did, um, they did some, some rubber limb stuff there. Yeah, they it's, had some great physical comedy. Especially the, the main guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name. Yeah. I'll just, just, I'll, ca- I'll call him Captain the Sergeant. Tarantula. Sergeant Tarantula. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Tarantula McNoodle Arms. Uh, Sergeant Rancho. Sergeant Rancho. There we go. Uh, and so after the uh, the boys in blue bravely flee, not towards the pirates, <laughs> the pirates sail their ship on land? I think that's an invention for this, for this I, show. This I have version. no words. Yeah. How, how, usually, like, in history, when they, when ships had to go on land and they had to, like, move the ship till they found another body of water, they pulled it with ropes, like, everybody freaking pulled the ship with ropes, and they'd, like, cut down logs to roll it over. Um, none of that happened in here. The ship was just sailing <laughs> on the land. And then getting caught in trees. And then getting caught in trees, <laughs> because it's sailing on the land. <laughs> Like, <sighs> okay, okay. Anyway, after that, the pirates get off the ship, and they're <laughs> they're trying to be stealthy before they they uh, go and get their revenge. And a bird squawks, mm-hmm. and the pirate king grabs it. Quiet, bird. We're going to sing before we attack, as is the way of the pirate. <laughs> and as they're singing, they wake up. Well. They don't wake him up. Uh, the modern major general is laying in bed and he's not able to sleep. And he thinks he hears a noise that sounds an awful lot like an entire chorus line of singers. <laughs> he comes out to investigate. Oh, it must have been the breeze rustling through the trees. And then he proceeds to, like, wander his property in the middle of the night. As old people do, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the pirates are, like, stalking him. Like, and, uh... I couldn't help but, like, think of a crocodile hunter scene from, like... <laughs> uh, and so it's... <clears throat> Watch as the fearsome pirates stalk the modern Major General through the garden. General thinks he's safe, but little does he know that the swashbuckling da- uh, danger lurks around every corner. Those pirates are crafty predators. Crikey. <laughs> so... After the boys, see, so the boys in blue show up, 
right as the pirates are like getting ready. No, 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 no. First, it's the daughters. The mm. daughters show up because they're like, Father, Father, why are you out in the middle of the night? Da, 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 da. And the pirates are there. And then the boys in blue show up. And the boys in blue are like, surrender, pirates. And they're like, no. <laughs> and there's a little bit of like an altercation there. And then it erupts into just bizarre shenanigans for like the next 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Of It reminded me, honestly, of the last scene in um, Blazing Saddles. Where like they're just running around fighting in all these different yeah. venues. Because they're fighting in the garden, and they're rushing and chasing into the city, and they're fighting in the city. And then they crash a theater, mm-hmm. and it, that's showing the HMS uh, Pinafore? Yes. So they're showing the HMS Pinafore, and it's more like WTF is the scene for. Because <laughs> uh, it's just just kind of nonsense. And then they're out in the street after leaving the theater, after crashing the theater, and... The boys in blue tell them, no, you must surrender. We invoke the, the authority of the queen to to arrest you. And the boys just surrender. And the pirates just surrender. They start mm-hmm. handing over their weapons. They're like, well, if it's in the name of the queen, they're like, hey, I love queen too. Not sure who this Victoria chick is, but. <laughs> we will, we will surrender. <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> As the boy, as the uh, pirates are being taken away by the boys in blue, uh, Ruth is like, "Don't take them away. They love the queen, which makes them noblemen. I guess they have fancy hats. Surely that counts for something. Now let's all get married." Yeah. So as they're taken away, they're like, "No, they're noblemen." And then the pirates are like, "Yes, we're noblemen." And then all of a sudden, they have top hats—not well, not top hats, bowler hats. Mm-hmm. That's what I think it was. They had bowler hats and umbrellas, and then they're acting all fancy. And then all the girls are like, they're noblemen. And then all of a sudden, the modern major general is like, marry my daughters. It This is seven brides for seven brothers with pirates. Uh, 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 and then they throw their noblemen hats off and they just fly upwards into space like flying saucers. I guess looking for new pirates to turn into noblemen. <laughs> like some, Like some bizarre... Frosty the Snowman scenario, like the hat's gonna come down and land on a pirate and turn him into a nobleman. Happy birthday! <laughs> like it ended so weird. It ended so weird. This show was was bizarre and off the wall and mm-hmm. funny and overall delightful. Mm-hmm. But dear God, was this just daffy, man? Mm-hmm. This was like this. This I feel like this is what happens if Bugs Bunny wrote a musical that was only for humans. Like, not going to get any of the Looney Tunes acted out. He's like, it's going to be purely humans, but I'm going to make them do Looney Tune shit. Yeah, because it was so off the wall in so many places. And yeah. as we know, Looney Tunes are very fond of doing opera too. Mm-hmm. So especially Bugs Bunny. So that it was just, it was just a lot of WTF, but also a lot of like OMG mixed mm-hmm. in with the WTF because it was like OMG that was amazing, and then WTF what's this? Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh I don't know where it fits in on like 
the musicals that we've mm-hmm. seen so far, like on my list, because it's it's like a quantum anomaly. It's probably like popping all over the place. It's like here it's first, it's fourth, it's eighth, it's twelfth, it's ninth, it's sixth. Like it's just yeah, because that thing was freaking daffy. <laughs> That's all I I, I want to say more words, but I don't know how many of them won't be profanity. So I'm just going to say it's Daffy. It's Daffy, man. I'm I'm glad that you liked it though. Like it was that good. you enjoyed it cuz yeah, it was good. It was fun seeing uh Kevin Klein. Mhm. Cuz it was funny you're like Kevin Klein's in this and I'm just like, "Uh," and then I see him. I'm like, "Oh, yeah, Kevin Klein." Mm-hmm. I love that guy. And he was in the Broadway production of yeah, this. Yeah, that which... blew me away when you said that he actually he got to start uh, in theater. Yeah. Because I've only ever known him as an actor. Mm-hmm. And so that just, you know, is one of those mind imploding things. Um, then we had our Angela Lansbury. We had Mrs. Yes, Potts. We had Mrs. Potts. And uh, yeah, she used some of that bed knobs and broomstick magic to mm-hmm. witch herself onto the dinghy. Yes. <laughs> she really wanted to get in Fred's dinghy. I mean, right from the get go. It was very important to her to be on that dinghy with Fred. Oh. Hmm. Well, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) This seems like a great segue. (laughs) So. I, I'm. hmm. Did I break you? No, it's just I've been dreading this moment. Uh Uh-oh. Because I have to tell you what the next show is. What number are we on? We're not, we're not on a Weber week. Okay. It's just, so there's a show that I want to get to, but before we get to it, I need to do this other one first. And it's one of my least favorite shows of all time. We're going to be seeing Grease. So are we going to be watching the John Travolta Grease? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna be seeing Grease. Tell me more, tell me more. Let me blow out my brains. Tell me more, tell me more. This show causes me pain. <laughs> do up, do up, do up. Oh, that's yeah. that's that's all I know of Grease is the. Um, tell me more, tell me more. Yeah, we'll we'll be watching Grease next week. Yay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Tone Deaf Musical. Um, and if I, if you think I'm wrong, tell me on Twitter. Yeah, tell us on Twitter. Um, we don't really have like a tag. For trending because I haven't figured that out yet. We're not popular We're yet. We're not popular yet. Um, <laughs> I also uh, have set up a Facebook, just a page. I haven't done a group because uh, Facebook groups give me a little bit of social anxiety. Um, but you can definitely check out our page. It's also at Tone Deaf Musical, um, where you can look it up by Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon with Tone Deaf. And if you're able to get onto iTunes, please, please, please uh, give us a review. Um, 
it's and if you want to give us like five stars just leave a thing saying hey we listened that's fine it's all due to these algorithms that itunes has that's Bas- like yeah basically if you don't get a five star then they don't try to promote you at all so just if we really appreciate any efforts anybody takes to help us reach a wider audience yeah uh, so yeah so if you do get a chuckle out of our weekly shenanigans please help us out and uh, we can reach more people and then maybe have more free time to do more shows and and yeah so yeah thank you all for listening week after week oh and uh if you're a patreon donor um i'm editing it it should be up soon but there will be a uh bonus episode for our ten dollar patrons um, and this episode will be a musical that I hadn't seen called Paint Your Wagon, and Warren had seen it, so. Yes, the roles have been reversed. I had seen something that Kay had not. Up is down. Black is white. Existence has become nothingness. <laughs> I, I was very tired when we recorded it, so it'll, it'll be a treat. It was good, though. It was fun. Um, so anyway, that's it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Tone Deaf. Deaf.